back on this Tuesday. Leslie Marshall here. Also back with us is Congressman Ro Khanna. Uh, Congressman Khanna represents California's 17th congressional district, and that includes Silicon Valley. His focus is to create proposals for jobs in areas left behind and tax credits for the working class. He believes in exercising a restraint in foreign policy. Wouldn't that be lovely? And takes no PAC money. More than a pleasure to have back on the program, Congressman Khanna. Congressman Khanna, thank you for joining us and taking your time this afternoon. And I'm so glad you're on because people like to point fingers at Democrats in the House specifically and think that you guys can't walk and chew gum at the same time and you're just all about impeachment, impeachment inquiry hearings. And that's just not true. There's a lot of legislation that's been passed and more that's been introduced, such as your state-based Universal Health Care Act. Welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for having me. Um, a lot of people out there, when they, they hear about health care and they hear about a state-based Universal Health Care Act, I mean, this would be a, a landmark act and also a landmark step. Would this be the first step toward a national Medicare plan for all? And is that the plan in doing this? It would, Leslie. I mean, it would be a complementary approach. When you look at uh, single player in Vermont, one of the reasons it didn't work is the it, the costs, the numbers didn't add up. That is because Vermont was not allowed to take the federal money uh, for Medicare and Medicaid and use it for single payer. In California itself, it would be $360 billion if California could use Medicare and Medicaid money to do single payer. And we've seen in Canada, it started at a in a province, uh, and that led to single payer. So this, the idea here is to allow laboratories to innovate uh, and uh, and to uh, be able to do single payer, and then that can give the impetus uh, for the federal government. So many people have questions when it comes to health care, because even when you look at the array of Democratic candidates running uh, or hoping to, you know, be the Democratic nominee for president in the 2020 election, you hear different things. Um, You hear Bernie Sanders talk about Medicare for all. You hear Elizabeth Warren echoing some of the sentiments. But then, you know, to your point, you know, people point at them and say, how are you going to pay for it? You were talking about Vermont. Um, So how does this get paid for? And will middle class taxpayers be affected? Will their taxes go up in order to pay for this? No, they won't. In fact, it doesn't cost any more money because this is just the federal government transferring resources. The federal government already is spending $360 billion on the California uh, health care for Medicare and Medicaid. And what this bill says is now California can use that res- those resources along with uh, the additional resources they may raise in the state to have single payer. Uh, and it doesn't cost the federal government any more money. It, we don't have to raise more taxes. You may have a situation, if you do need more funding, that you could have supplemental federal funding for the insurance gap. So in California, it's about 8 to 9%. And that would uh, you would have to have some tax on millionaires or billionaires to be able to finance that, a, a marginal increase. It's not that much money. But the point is that this is a economically efficient way to allow states to innovate uh, with single-payer. And, and for people that, you know, are, are, are wondering why this, I mean, why did you take the steps to introduce this state-based Universal Health Care Act? Um, why do you feel strongly about this and that there's the need for this? Well, I'm from California where there is a huge single-payer movement, and the nurses want single-payer. Many of my residents want single-payer. Many people in the state legislature want single-payer. Gavin Newsom ran on single-payer. So I want to make sure that uh, they have the ability to do that, and uh, they can now pass a single-payer bill 
and the governor can sign it, contingent on a federal waiver taking place. But we've put in the motion that uh, if you have a single-payer bill in California or Massachusetts or other states that want to try it, that we will have on day one that we get a Democratic president uh, a bill ready to go to get waivers so that the states can implement a single-payer system. One of the things we hear those Democratic uh, candidates um, argue about, and you even see people in the polls uh, vary regardless of their political ideology, is um, fear of losing insurances that they have, fear of losing insurance in the private sector. How does this play into that? Well, this is state-based, but the idea of the single-payer system is you're actually getting something. You're getting uh, health care without premiums, without co-pays, without deductibles. And most people I talk to, their fear is how are they going to keep affording their premiums and co-pays. Now, if you, after you get your single payer, if you really want to continue to have supplemental private insurance, nothing in the bill prevents that. Go ahead. You can go get private insurance with whoever you have it as a supplemental insurance. But the point is that uh, what we're going to give everyone in America is uh, basic quality health care without co-pays, premiums, and deductibles. I haven't had anyone I've met say, no, I don't want that. And this is why the polling is overwhelming. Seventy percent of Democrats are for Medicare for all. And and so that, you know, people understand when states lead the push for something like universal health care, is it more apt to become something that we're going to see on a federal level? And and is that, in a sense, a roundabout manner to to get this done on a federal level by having the states, you know, you know, you know, pick up uh, and lead the charge on it? The, the states uh, leading the charge, that's what happened in Canada with Saskatchewan leading the charge. Uh, I believe what will happen is if we have states leading the charge, that's going to put more pressure on the federal government to have single payer because people will see that it's working in California, it's working in Massachusetts, it's working in Vermont, and they're going to want that in their state, and I think that's going to put, say, put pressure for the federal government to have a federal policy. And that's what happened with the Affordable Care Act. I mean, uh, the Affordable Care Act, uh, despite Mitt Romney running against it, was basically the Romney model in Massachusetts uh, made more progressive but applied to around the country. Also, because you have the, you know, Republican majority in the Senate and, you know, Leader McConnell, the president, constantly do everything they can to obstruct progress when it comes to Medicare Medicare for all, when it comes to a single-payer option at the federal level. So this bill uh, would allow states such as California to have universal health care programs within the state, and, and, and you're getting around the block, the obstruction, by Senator McConnell, President Trump, and other Republicans, correct? You are. You're getting around uh, the the block because a lot of the Republicans even are for federalism. Uh, in fact, the National Review had an article about this uh, bill saying this is just a federalist approach to health care. It doesn't actually require single payer. It says that a state can have any system uh, with this uh, federal money if they can provide 95% uh, coverage and if they can provide better benefits than uh, the federal government currently provides. Now, it turns out, in my view, that single payer is the only thing that can achieve that. But if you have a better idea and you can hit those goals, it actually doesn't even prescribe that uh, you have to do single payer. So if you're a Republican and you believe in uh, Louis Brandeis's view that states are laboratories of innovation, uh, then you should be for this bill. Uh, you had said, uh, Congressman, uh, quote, we must provide them with the tools they need to succeed. 
in talking about the states. Specifically, what are those tools that the states need to be able to succeed with a statewide universal health care program, California and other states? They need money. Uh, they, the costs, the numbers usually just don't add up if you aren't allowed to use the federal money. They may need more than the federal waiver. They may actually need supplemental federal matching funds, which is uh, not that much money if you're talking about supplemental funds for an insurance gap, uh, the amount of people who are uninsured in a state, in California, maybe 8 eight or 9%. So uh, the biggest thing is money. The second thing they need is uh, a, a, a exemption from ERISA regulations. I mean, they can't can't uh, uh, have different uh, health care provisions if they're under ERISA. So this bill does does both of that. It frees up the states to, to do single-payer. Uh, without the federal waiver bill, without our bill, uh, even if you have single-payer movements in every state, it's for naught. Uh, you really need this to be able to make it uh, a reality. And that's why I was kind of surprised by the uh, reaction to the bill. I mean, I expected this to be somewhat in the weeds in a, a policy wonkish bill, but it's really touched a nerve in, in its response because many single-payer advocates in, in states see this as a vindication of their work. You also said uh, under this proposal, the coverage you receive for health care will be either equal to uh, what you currently receive or more expansive. You will have a free choice of providers. Everyone in your community will have health care. Two things here. When you talk about an overwhelming majority, more than two-thirds um, of uh, more than three-quarters of Democrats that support this, uh, Republican voters uh, support this as well, right? I mean, they want uh, some type of a Medicare for all program. But is there fear that they won't have free choice? Because certainly that was fear uh, with Obamacare. And obviously uh, the former president got in a lot of trouble by people who didn't fully understand what insurance companies were doing when it came to uh, individual choice. Yeah, and you're still going to have the choice of your doctor, the choice of where, where you want to go uh, in terms of your hospital. Here's what we're telling people. We're, you're going to get health care. You're not going to have to pay a premium. You're not going to have to pay a deductible. You're not going to have a copay. What is there not to like about that? I mean, why would anyone – obviously people want that. Uh, and if you really want more, you're feel, feel free to buy – more private insurance. You can. No one's taking away uh, any of your choice. What we're doing is giving you far more choice. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the state-based universal health care act. Uh, how would it operate for states? Uh, what does it do? Uh, what states uh, can apply? How would they apply? What do they need? And we'll talk more with the congressman after this. Don't go away. Uh, in the meantime, we also want you to check out the website, kana.house.gov. That's K-H-A-N-N-A dot house.gov. That's the website for the congressman in his office. On Twitter, follow him at Ro Kana, R-O-K-H-A-N-N-A. And on Instagram at Rep Ro Kana, R-E-P-R-O-K-H-A-N-N-A. I'm Leslie Marshall, back with the congressman after this. Don't go away. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Rokana is our guest. He represents the 17th Congressional District in the great state of California, and that includes Silicon Valley. We're talking about the state-based Universal Health Care Act, which he has introduced. This is a landmark step, uh, a landmark act and a landmark step 
toward a national Medicare for all uh, plan. Um, so I want to talk about these waivers and, and what the state would have to do in order to get on board. Because if California starts and other states say, hey, I want to do this as well, um, what would they need to do in, in order to facilitate this within their own state? They need to uh, prove two things. They need to show that uh, the benefits that uh, people would be getting uh, for uh, on single payer are better than what Medicare or Medicaid provides. So they have to be able to certify that they're providing equal to or better uh, benefits, and they have to show that they are covering 95% of the state's population and within five years have a plan uh, to be able to cover 100%. I love that. I, I mean, you know, that, that that's that's pretty simple, and it's very specific after five years. Uh, you have to demonstrate that you've reached coverage uh, targets, provide a plan to cover the remaining 5% of the population, and states that don't reach that 95%, as you said, after five years would have to revise their plan uh, to achieve those targets. They would risk losing the waiver at that point? I would they would risk losing the waiver. And, and uh, uh, so that there's no risk to folks who are on Medicare or Medicaid uh, because you first have to show that uh, – you're going to be providing at least uh, equal uh, benefits uh, and not anything uh, worse. And so people are either going to get the same coverage or better coverage, but it's just going to allow more people to participate. And the problem is there's, uh, how can we expect states to, to do this uh, if uh, they aren't allowed to use the federal money uh, that they currently get? Would there be any kind of assistance to help in development and implementation of the plans to these states? Would there be? Yes. I mean, in terms of the, the counseling and uh, training in terms of uh, from the health and human services, they would they would help. How how this this is huge. And how does a state figure out what benefits that they receive now and how to improve upon those, especially a state the size of California? How would the Health and Human Services assist California? Uh, no, I was saying that the state-based Universal Health Care Act requires that benefits provided under the state plans, as you mentioned, to be equal to or greater than what federal beneficiaries in those states receive now. How, yes. how do you undertake something that size, especially in a state like California? Well, it's going to require uh, extraordinary uh, implementation. I mean, California is a, a, a huge state, but... Uh, what it will uh, do is you have to have the governor sign a bill that would put someone in charge of the administration of the uh, uh, California system. Uh, and then I think it will lower cost because you're going to have everyone on a single system. Uh, you're going to have a great bargaining ability with insurance company, with uh, drug companies and hospitals. Uh, and you're going to be able to uh, uh, use the resources that the federal government already is spending. Uh, so it's not going to be easy. It's not going to transition overnight, and you would have to figure out uh, how you transition. Uh, but uh, I, I think it's very doable. Because this is going to address the struggle that so many families, not just in California but across the nation, uh, have and face each and every day, uh, that they just can't afford quality health care, correct? Exactly. They can't afford health care uh, that is going to meet their needs, and they are complaining about the premiums. 
They complain uh, and understandably are shocked if they actually have a, a, a serious illness that the insurance companies aren't covering that. They're complaining about the copay. Uh, people talk about all the time in my district the, the drug prices and how it's bankrupting uh, uh, their uh, monthly uh, budgets. So this is going to finally address those, those costs for Californians. Uh, and, and what about people out there that say this is awesome and what Democrats are doing in the House with the majority is awesome. But then what happens in the Senate? You guys have a, a, a little name for the Senate. I think it's called where legislation is currently under <laughs> Leader McConnell. And that's the graveyard, right? It is. It really is. I mean, um, the uh, what Mitch McConnell has uh, uh, has done is unconscionable. I mean, on gun violence, we've passed legislation, he hasn't taken it up. On climate change, we've passed legislation, he hasn't taken it up. On uh, Affordable Care Act and strengthening it, we've passed legislation, he hasn't taken it up. On increasing the minimum wage, we've passed it, he hasn't taken it up. I can go on and on. I mean, there are 200 such bills. But when people say, well, what's getting done? Uh, The House is doing our part, but we're only uh, one chamber of one branch of government. And uh, the Senate is dysfunctional, and of course, the White House is dysfunctional. Uh, abs- absolutely. Um, I I also uh, want to talk about one aspect of health care that adds to that uh, fear and burden for many Americans, and that's the pricing of drugs, prescription drugs. And one in five American adults right now can't afford to get the prescription medication that they need. And that's just, uh, that's just not acceptable in 2019 in a nation that leads the world in, in, in wealth as a leader of the free world. And uh, Congressman Yu and uh, Senator Sanders uh, announced that you are introducing the Prescription Drug Price Relief Act. So you're really working your butt off, with all due respect, sir, uh, when it comes to health care. And I commend you for that. Uh, could we touch upon the Prescription Drug Price Relief Act uh, as well? Sure. It's very simple. It says that uh, no one in America should have to pay more for their drugs than people pay in Canada, in France, in Britain, uh, in Japan, uh, in Germany. That the drugs price here should be the average international price. Uh, And uh, if you're charging more than that, then we're going to open up that market to generic competition. But the bottom line is we're paying, we're funding the innovation. I mean, we're funding it through the NIH, through our uh, research universities. And then what's happening is that the uh, pharmaceuticals are gouging Americans while they're selling it much cheaper overseas because overseas uh, it's regulated. And uh, all the bill says is you can't charge Americans more than you're charging Canadians or people in France or Germany uh, or uh, Japan, Britain. And the median price of brand name prescription drugs could go down by more than forty percent, right? I mean, that, it, 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 would. It, it, it would. Yeah. Go down I, I, now, Congressman, explain to me how Republicans aren't lining up uh, who you work with in the House and uh, high fiving you and Senator Sanders on this and lining up to get on board, and not just the House but the Senate. This is something all Americans not only want but need. It 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 is, and it. Hypocrisy. I mean, the president's State of the Union last time basically said this. He had all the rhetoric. He said, "Why are Americans paying more than people in other European countries?" I mean, it was sort of his American first flourish on prescription drugs, and yet he's not willing to support the bill that actually would 
make sure that Americans don't pay more than people in other countries. And it's very simple. Just look at what other countries are paying. If we're paying more, then open it up to generic competition. No one is saying it's, it's not price controlled. It's not dictating. It's just saying if you're charging more than you're charging in other countries, that we're going to allow competition. I want to thank you for all you're doing, Congressman, and also for taking the time to talk to us today. I've shared the folks, your Twitter handle, Instagram, and your website. Uh, They're definitely going to reach out, and we in California, I'm not in the 17th district, but my brother-in-law is, and we are certainly glad that we have you to represent us and speak on our behalf. Thank you, sir, and thank you for taking the time.